For SearchSAP.com, I'm Rob Westervelt. You're listening to the SAP Support Optimization Edition for September 6th, 2006. This edition, we'll talk about how SAP customers can develop an effective support strategy. Only about one in four organizations in the initial stages of an SAP implementation adequately plan for support after their new systems go live. That according to a recent America's SAP user group survey. Conducting a review of the support systems in place can alleviate that problem. With me on the line is uh, Rod Masny. Rodney is president of the America's SAP User Group. Uh, welcome, Rod. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here today. And also joining us is Doug Whittle. Doug is a, a consultant with over 20 years of experience uh, leading training and support service organizations uh, with their support strategies. Doug, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I wanted to start off with uh, something that I saw in an ASUG press release. It said that uh, 50% of the issues that end users encounter uh, aren't related to IT or the software, uh, but to the actions of the users themselves. Um, Rod, maybe you can address this. Uh, are SAP customers failing to put the right support strategies in place? I think... Uh SAP customers and, and ASUG members are, are getting smarter and smarter about uh, their their approach to support uh, infrastructure. Uh, we are working uh, with our members today on, on various educational opportunities and workshops that help them better design their, their SAP support structure. Um, we've been working with with them and in, in, uh, through workshops uh, that were recently held at, well as of last week uh, to talk about uh, to give examples of two organizations that uh, really have put together uh, a support organi organization that uh, that helps them better support their SAP infrastructure and their internal customers. Those uh, those support symposiums were held in Chicago on uh, August 23rd and 24th. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Doug, maybe you can address this in, just in terms of how often a, uh, an organization should uh, look internally at its uh, support strategies. Well, I've, in my experience, and, and you know, I'm one of these old guys who goes back 12, 15 years in this, I think initially everybody's emphasis when they're implementing a system like SAP is how do we get it up and running and out there because there's so much going on. And... You know, support just seems to be one of those things we'll deal with when we get there. I would agree with Rod. I think um, the users are becoming more aware of the fact that, you know, tomorrow is just around the corner, so they're looking at this stuff more on a proactive basis than they did in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I also think because a number of folks have been through one go-live and they are, are hopefully looking at their lessons learned are saying, you know what, we, we are going to do some things differently next time. And that was exactly what, what I felt last week in Chicago was. We've got organizations, for the most part, who have been down the path at least once. And they, they know that there's room for continuous improvement. They know there's room to do things differently. Now they're better and more aware of 
the right questions to ask, they have a better idea of what they're looking for as consumers and planners. And um, so they're learning from one another at this stage. And so I'm really encouraged by, I believe, SAP and ASUG both have taken a, a much more of a proactive stance now on what do we do about support in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know this is kind of a general question, and Doug, uh, maybe you can address this one. Uh, just in terms of building an IT supports a support team, are there are there different strategies uh, companies can take, and does it sort of go along with uh, you know the size of the company and the uh, the amount of dollars the company could spend? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not. I've always struggled with this. Uh, do we have to have companies of the same size follow the same strategy, or if you have more money, does that make a difference in the program you offer? Mm. Um, rather than a silver bullet approach. Uh, you know, the, the good consulting answer is it all depends. Um, I think the key to this thing is to, first of all, take a look at whatever your current support infrastructure is um, outside of even the SAP world. I I have been somewhat dismayed in the past where I'll see organizations say, well, we aren't going to involve the help desk or the call center that we currently have. You know, we'll build our own separate support structure. My experience as a practitioner has been, I think you can tap into and at least you should engage or involve your existing support structure in some way. Because as a user, all I want to know is where do I go for help? Mm -hmm. And um, some of that becomes obvious to me. If if I'm specifically in SAP, uh, maybe I know I want to go to a super user or something like that. But there are other times I don't know what the issue is. Who do I contact to help me through that? So I believe... We need to take an integrated, at least assessment and analysis approach to say, what are we doing well in support anywhere else in IT in the business today? How do we take those as some of our best practices and then combine them with what we believe is going to be right for supporting our SAP rollout? Are there any general sort of rules of thumb? Um, no. I mean, you know, I at least I don't think there are. I think it's... Do you want two separate entities? I've seen that work in some organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to have a one-stop call number that starts everything? Um, do you have a shared services model? They're all options, and, and I think every organization has to look at that in terms of, number one, how significant of a cultural difference is that going to be as they roll out support? I also, and what we really saw last week, was a lot of people are taking a look at Still, the idea of super users. Um, where do they fit into this picture? And how do we integrate them into the overall support? Um, I think is another really critical piece of that. It's, uh, if I could uh, maybe to add on to what Doug said, Rob, sure, right. it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, ASUG has been partnering with SAP in some of our benchmarking and best practices uh, where we're surveying our customers, our members, about you know, what are they learning about different different parts of their business, uh, in, you know, from an HR perspective and a, a, uh, uh, a supplier relationship management perspective? And one of the best practices surveys that we conducted is around SAP Centers of Excellence, which ties directly to, to support. And, and things that we're seeing in, in the data implies that it's some of the best practices around uh, uh, managing an SAP infrastructure is, and reducing total cost of ownership is 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 a, a center of excellence model where where you're providing good, high quality services, some 
and support. And there's even evidence in, in some of this survey data that even the more centralized model is uh, can drive higher and higher levels of of value at, at lower costs. What do you mean by when you say a center of excellence model? What is a center of excellence model? Oh, a center of excellence is a is a vehicle for uh, delivering. Uh, project and, and program excellence uh, through business and IT mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to support uh, SAP and, and IT services provided to business, uh, things like strategy, project management, support, uh, and uh, there there's evidence that suggests that you can provide higher levels of service at lower cost. Is it the same as a is, is a center of excellence the same of as a uh, SAP competency center? Uh, yes, uh, I draw I draw similarities between the two. Now there may be subtle differences in definition, mm-hmm. uh, but in my business we're actually referring to it. it, it our, our competency center is a center of excellence. Now, some businesses may may define it subtly different. Uh, and, Doug, maybe you ha- even have a subtly different definition, but that's the way we're defining it in our business. I, it sounds like you and I are thinking along the same line that, um, to some extent, there's this vocabulary war going on out there. <laughs> and uh, if we can get beyond the language, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, we're talking the same thing. It really is taking a look at what best practices apply to your organization, and how do you use, do that and implement that in some kind of a planned, strategic, integrated way. Mm. And um, it gives people something to, to focus on and, I think, to authenticate your initiatives and your efforts. And I, the other thing I'd, I would like to pick up on that Rod said was um, mm. absolutely. Uh, what I heard last week also was the buzz about the benchmarking studies that are out there so far, the research that's being done, um, that's something we didn't have 10 years ago. And now there's data out there so that if you're trying to sell some of these programs to your senior management, you at least have something to compare yourselves to. Mm-hmm. And you've got some, some good, valid data to quote and to use so that you can say, oh, we're above it, we're below it, is that good, is that bad? And um, we didn't have that before. so. A lot of people are, are really getting up on that, and, and this Centers of Excellence is another one of the, the things that I think is really getting a lot of talk right now. Now, is it, is it, is it limited to uh, just the, the largest businesses, uh, largest SAP customers uh, forming these center of, Centers of Excellences or uh, competency centers? I don't think it has to be large. Um, in fact, uh, I know of an organization that has a relatively small um, implementation of SAP, but they've established the center of excellence concept. Mm-hmm. And they framed it in the sense that we want continuous improvement, and we want to do it in a, a disciplined, uh, intelligent way. And so I don't think it has anything to do with size of organization. I can tell you from practical experience, you know, how, how many things you try to implement at one time makes a difference. And so... I always caution people, you know, you try out the concept and the model and you can grow into it because you can have different focus areas, or different centers uh, of, of excellence uh, depending on where you go. Support is, is one of those key ones. Is this where the super users come in? Are they uh, really the main drivers to keeping these centers active? 
personally, I'm a big fan of super users, um, again, both from having used those for my implementation as well as from a consulting perspective. Um, organizations either have love stories or hate stories to tell about them. Hmm. And one of the big things is um, it's probably easier to start one of these up than it is to maintain it and to keep it fed. And so I think that's one of the things that um, uh, competency centers can help you build the overall strategy that is going to keep it alive and well. Now, Rod, are you in, this, uh, in agreement? Do you, do you I, see I the value in I, the super user? I, I agree. Uh, different businesses, once again, have different uh, uh, vocabulary. Uh, some companies call, the, call them super users. Some company call them uh, key business users. Some companies call them business, business user experts. But they are a key cog in, in really supporting uh, SAP, uh, supporting IT business systems at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, it's not just about SAP. Uh, certainly, SAP is a large focus of many, many businesses. But having that key contact that really knows and understands the business and also understands how, how SAP or IT systems work in, in the context of supporting the businesses is key. Um, I work in a large global company today. We, we call them business user experts, and they're really important to us as we, we – uh, is we uh, roll out SAP globally, and in 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 the previous company, which was a mid-market company, you know we had a, a center of excellence uh, that focused on SAP, and same same notion, same idea. We just called them key 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 users or key business users. So, you know, it, just different nomenclature, different vocabulary. Still, at the end of the day, folks, uh, businesses are trying to achieve the same goal of of making realizing a return on their SAP investment. Mm -hmm. Doug, Doug, what's the flip side of the coin? I mean, what what are some of the drawbacks to or some of the arguments against uh, super users or giving super users uh, more control, I suppose? Well, I, you know, I, the first pushback that I'll hear from organizations is our people are already too busy. Um, you know, our business people are already booked 110% because, at least my definition of a super user is it's somebody who typically comes from the business. They, they already understand the process, and now they also know the technology, and therefore they, they are best to speak to that. And I just got out of a meeting this morning with a client who, who says, well, you know, we don't have anybody who can be used for super users. Um, whether you, you know, admit it or not, there are people out there already who are filling those roles. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I yell over the cubicle wall. I go to Al next door and I ask him for help. And so, in a way, I'm. They live and breathe in organizations. What I've found is that if you make it more official, um, truly, isn't that the value add to this thing? That if we've got some people out there who can help other people do their jobs better, it has value for everybody in the organization. So typically I hear it's a matter of resource. The bottom line, however, is we're going to have to support SAP one way or the other. So who are the best people to provide that support for SAP down at the very meaningful level? I think it's those people who are using and doing these transactions every day. And that's, that's the business folks, the super users. I think they bring a, a different level of credibility with the fact that they are key members of the business and, and you know, have their feet firmly rooted in, in the business function or within the, the business process. Uh, 
they bring higher level credibility to other users in the organization and certainly become the the voice of the customer i think within the business and and it really helps IT organizations to deliver higher quality business solutions that meet the needs of, of their customers. Mm-hmm. It's a really great transition bridge, and it, it, you know, we keep talking about are you business or are you IT. Super users are this very effective connection between those two entities. Yeah. And it is it that that's the uh, the communication that really keeps these centers alive, right? Definitely, communication is a huge piece of that. Yeah, uh, just to to build on what Doug is saying, uh, once again, in the uh, best practices survey that we did around centers of excellence, you know, 86% that that are uh, best practices or better practices uh, with their COEs, 86% had some kind of key or power user or super user program in place uh, that are that are aligned around business processes, and uh, it it uh, it really does. It, it brings higher level support. You know, Rod, I like that phrase, better practices, because I mm-hmm. think the phrase best practices, now that you mention it, for some people is almost intimidating. And there's this sense that, oh, well, how could I ever be a best practice company? And, in fact, in some cases, maybe what we're looking for is, you know, 10 degrees of improvement versus 100 degrees. But always taking a look at those organizations who seem to be, you know, saying this is kind of a trend, and then continually comparing your organization to that and to say, how much do we need or want to be like them, and then how do we move towards that? Yeah. And to build on that as well, I think mm-hmm. it's about culture, too, and understanding your culture, and one of continuous improvement it certainly is. If you don't like where you're at today, there's always someplace better, and just how far and how fast can you get to someplace better Absolutely. is uh, is key to, to understanding how fast your culture can move along with you from a IT perspective and a business perspective. Are there, speaking of culture, has it really come down to uh, the culture within an organization in terms of balancing um, the communication or the, the whoever's in charge between business and IT? Rod? Uh, I think I think you have to understand the, the culture within your company to really uh, uh, the acceptance of, of IT, the acceptance of IT products and services, mm-hmm. and really have to work within the context of your business to once again, know how far, how fast you can run. And I think as, as IT products and services provide higher and higher value to organizations, there is a, a greater and greater adoption amongst, amongst business folks and, and higher level engagement and support. Doug, how, how have you seen the, the uh, level of control uh, switch between business and IT? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's just a fascinating uh, question, and, and every time, I, I typically when I do workshops anymore, I have people physically go to one corner of the room or the other, whether they represent business or IT, mm-hmm. and I'm always interested in somebody typically in the audience will say, when is the day going to come that we stop talking about business and IT? Aren't we all in the business of doing the business? <laughs> so I think that's a huge leap for us to make yet. Um, the culture, the thing that I'm fascinated with there is I can either use my organization's culture as an excuse 
or as a way to, to change it and shake it up. And, uh, you know, so I'm working with a company right now who for 114 years has been tremendously successful. Depending on who you talk to, somebody will say, well, if it was good enough for this 114 years, why isn't the same thing good for the next? And somebody else who says, we're hiding behind that. It's not the same as it was 114 years ago. So um, my recommendation for anybody who's implementing SAP is this is a great opportunity to kind of push the culture envelope. But like Rod said, you've got to figure out how much, how fast, how soon. Just be careful because if I want to resist, I'll simply keep quoting the history of my organization and say, well, that just doesn't work here, versus I think we have to ask the question, why couldn't it work here, and, and challenge ourselves sometimes to think outside that box. Yeah. Well, uh, Rob, one of the things I, I think that's fascinating about what ASUG has to offer is mm-hmm. is the fact that y- y- most most people only understand their, their company culture. Being able to come to a workshop uh, like Doug helped facilitate last week where you're talking about your su- support organization, being able to, to meet industry leading thought leaders like Doug and, and folks from Diagonal Group, as well as industry peers who, who have different cultures and different organizations. That's one of the powers of not just the education program that I think ASUG brings to bear, but also the ability to bring people together to network, to talk to understand, you know, maybe there is a better place for, for my company and my culture um, and my uh, my SAP practice to to move forward into the future in a, in a different way to help stretch that envelope of the realm of what's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a real interesting dynamic last week for the case study workshop in which we featured Weyerhaeuser and Baylor Medical College. And you could either look at that and say, how could you put those two in the same program? because very, very different institutions in terms of size and, and you know, what their focus is and everything else. Mm-hmm. Or you could take a look at that and say, you know, there are pieces that they're doing that there is no reason why I couldn't try that out in my organization. And even between Jennifer Jarrell and Chris Van Lu, who are representing those two organizations, they found themselves talking offline about, I gotta talk to you more about that piece because I think it could fit for my organization. So uh, it, it is a tremendous opportunity to always look at somebody else and figure out, you know, they're going down the same path you've gone, or they've already been there, and they have the battle scars to prove it. Mm-hmm. And so what could you pick up from them so that you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel? Now, um, I, I sort of want to just shift gears a little bit and, and, and tell me if, if I'm wrong and if this connection really isn't there, but how much of... What we've been talking about relates it all to the company, a company's support strategy, whether they, they are, they're purchasing support directly from SAP or they're going with a third-party support provider. Doug, do you want to address that? Um, I'm going to struggle with this a little bit because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid giving the silver bullet here and and looking at that from a standpoint of, um, I think you have to examine both options. And certainly SAP has got some tremendous support solutions available. Mm-hmm. And um, so solution manager is another thing that everybody's saying, I hear it a lot, I, you know, it's all the talk. 
I need, first of all, to learn what it means to me, what it consists of, and then the big question is how could we use it in our organization? And so by all means, you want to check out what SAP already has to offer you for solutions and, and then figure out are there some parts and pieces of that that you home grow or that you believe you can do better on your own. Um, I think it, it continually has to go back to why could this work for me or how could it work for me and, and how can I tap into that. And in, in terms of solution manager, if you're going to be, it's almost a question of when, not how, because you're exactly. going to have to be using that if you're on the latest version of SAP, correct? Yes, yes. And there's, there's value add in the solution manager product uh, is a part of uh, uh, some of the benchmarking uh, analysis we've done. Some of our member companies are finding that they can, once again, through the support that they're paying with SAP, uh, leverage the solution manager tool to to, to provide higher, higher levels of support at a, at a lower cost, mm-hmm. where they have implemented one-off solutions to support, um, to address one issue or another within the SAP environment. The goal of Solution Manager is to bring it together and provide that type of, of monitoring and support through one, one tool that's provided as a part of your support maintenance, uh, uh, part of your maintenance. And, uh, you know, once again, as, as IT organizations are being challenged, do more with less. Uh, reduce your total cost of ownership. Um, you know, it, it, companies really need to be to look look at those kinds of tools to see how they it can help them reduce their cost and, and provide higher higher quality and higher value. Rod, is your company or your company is is ASA uh, receiving a lot of questions uh, concerns about Solution Manager? It could, there have been questions uh, about Solution Manager from from the day of inception by, by all customers. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I'm not going to to kid you about that. When when Solution Manager was first introduced a few years back, I think I think SAP had had a great vision for the tool, but it just wasn't there, you know, three or four years ago in terms of the ability to support the customer base. Mm-hmm. Today, there's broader capability. There's uh, a higher level of monitoring, testing, uh, predictive uh, analysis in terms of, you know, problems or performance and those kinds of things that didn't exist historically. And the product is very robust today and offers offers uh, broader support and, and help to, to the customer base. And, you know, it, we've been... ASUG has been working with SAP to to make sure that we're providing education to our members about how Solution Manager can can support their businesses and and help them uh, as as they move forward through through the journey with SAP. I guess the question really is how does an organization leverage the tools, similar tools that they have uh, already invested in, and still and still use Solution Manager. Uh, to its fullest extent. Well, I, I think it's it's pretty interesting. I think it gives a lot of companies the opportunity to reevaluate uh, their portfolio of products uh, for for performance, uh, for monitoring and and the like. And and the fact of the matter is, as companies, you know, 
SAP is an important part of our overall portfolio. I'm speaking about my business, but I can uh, feel pretty comfortable about saying that about our members. The very, very important part of our portfolio and solution managers just, you know, another way to get more more for what what we're paying today. And it gives us a chance to really examine, are there other products in the portfolio that maybe I can live without and reduce my cost? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a big thing that IT continually struggles with is that this is not necessarily a matter of adding more stuff. At some point, they need to answer the question, what do we let go of? And so that whole life cycle of products and is there an appropriate time to retire some of the other stuff, this is a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Doug makes a great point. <laughs> Everything can't always be additive. Mm-hmm. Continuing to add to the portfolio of products or services uh, within an IT organization, more and more companies have to be talking about retiring things that aren't adding value in the way that they need to add value to the organization. Rod, uh, where can uh, listeners go to on the web to find out when the next symposium or the next event is? They can go to www.asug.com and uh, check out our educational offerings uh, and our our year-round community calendar. I think we're out of time. Thank you, gentlemen. ASUG will also be posting various slides and presentations from its recent support workshop uh, held in Chicago last month. You can view that at asug.com. Be sure to check out our previous audio downloads at searchsap.com slash audio. For now, I'm Rob Westervelt. Have a great day.